0: named our podcast the World Class Agency podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have.
1: What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you?
0: World Class Estate
1: Agency is all about people. A good
0: estate agency add, adds an
1: incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world class agency look to you. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark Worrell and I'm joined once again live from Australia, Mr Sam Hunter. Sam, happy new year if we're still allowed to say that. How are you, mate? How is Australia?
0: Mark, good morning, good evening and good night. Uh, happy new year. Welcome back uh it's good to be back before we get into whatever it is that we're going to talk about today i just want to say a massive thank you to perry power uh and to craig and nicola for being such wonderful guests and co-hosts over the last few weeks to actually allow me to go and have uh what's been a pretty epic holiday um first time i've taken some real time off in a long time and actually uh you listeners can't see me and mark won't believe me but for me i've actually got a tan, which is quite exciting um and very I've refreshed seen, thank you i feel very refreshed uh, i mean i've only been back at work for 24 hours so who knows that could change today but uh, <laughs> no, i won't. feel yeah i don't think it will actually because nothing burned down i shared something last week where it was like uh the peaks and the valleys of people going on holidays and like do i check my email don't I check my email what's happening <laughs> is this going on and genuinely, it, it held true. You have those moments where you think, what is happening? Like, no one's contacting me, so it must be really bad. The reality is it's because everyone knows what they're doing. And mm. uh, I went through that period of feeling completely irrelevant, like, what do I do? had an existential crisis wondering, do I actually add any value to what I do, or can this business just run itself on its own? Uh, and that was a cool place to be. Uh, it's taken a lot of work to be able to have that crisis instead of just having the other crisis of, I have to do everything. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a really good holiday. And actually, uh, I said this to you, for for everyone's benefit, Mark and I uh, had a five-minute chat just before we hit record, and we decided pretty much to do our catch-up live on air uh, because, it's one, it's more authentic, two, it saves us both time, and I'm sure there's going to be better stories that come out from both of us. But one of the things I did say when we were saying, like, what will we talk about today is uh, hopefully to the... Uh, amusement of majority of our listeners um, and probably to the frustration of a couple of our aussie listeners uh i've got some interesting findings very preliminary findings to report back on the state of the australian uh, real estate industry as well uh because it's not as pretty as i think we painted out to be uh on this show when we laud people down here doing things the way they do them and actually it's pretty average <laughs> Uh, so far.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of agents in this country look up to the agents in Australia, don't they? So let's let us talk through that. We did say that we're not going to talk cricket, which we are definitely not going to do. There's nothing estate <laughs> agents can learn about that. Um, we said we're not going to talk tennis, either. We're not so sure that there's a great deal that people can learn from the, from the Novak Djokovic Um situation i don't think at the moment what did you say get your paperwork right that'll be that'll be the learning estate agents yeah i I
0: said that that is the one thing the last thing you want to do is lose a fee because you put the wrong tick the wrong box in the paperwork or you didn't submit it the right way you didn't initial every page with dollar the i's and cross all the t's and i don't even know whose camp i'm in at the moment i think uh the australian government's just a pack of idiots and i think uh (laughs) know that let the wrong people fill in the right forms unfortunately by the looks of what's developed today uh, the whole thing's a schmozzle. Um, so I, I don't really know which side I'm on, actually. Uh, that's one of the few pieces of news that has actually seeped into my life over the last couple of days. Uh, and <laughs> I'm just laughing at the whole thing. And there's probably worse stuff happening in the world, but that seems to be what's on everyone's minds and lips. And yeah, I, I would much rather just sit and talk cricket all day, but we won't <laughs> do that either. Um, so. Here's an interesting thing for you. So we, we got back to Australia early December. We served a couple of weeks doing our sort of isolation, which was actually at the beach, uh, which is, was very nice. I, I really do feel for the people who had to fly directly into Brisbane and sit in a hotel room for two weeks. Uh, we were fortunate enough to not have to do that because we went elsewhere first, and it was it was incredible. But while I was sitting there, you know, slowly drinking my cup of coffee every morning, I thought, I'm going to email a few real estate agents. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> what is that day two of your break? Is it maybe?
0: Because we all know that's out of like 50%. Yeah. Uh, it was like week two. You know, you, you have a nice holiday. Like, well, I've been to the beach at five o'clock in the morning. How many sunrises can you see? You know? <laughs> uh, uh, so I I thought to myself, I'm going to pick two suburbs, which is uh, just where where we're staying at the moment with Felicity's parents. And I'm going to email a different agent every day. And I'm going to see what happens. Uh, all in all, so since then, which I think it was like the 12th of December, I started this. Give them some credit. It was coming into Christmas. Maybe they were on holidays. I didn't get any out of office emails saying that anyone was on holidays, though. But I've emailed 40 separate real estate agents. So individuals rather than companies. Guess how many I've had a reply from. 22. Six. Six.
1: No way. And this is an email about a specific property.
0: I'm on realestate.com.au. There's a property that's for sale. I deliberately picked new homes. So like recently listed. So chances are they probably weren't sold yet. Some of them will go into auction. I use my real name. I use my real email address, my personal email address. I didn't put a phone number on there because I just don't really want anyone calling my UK number forever. Right. Yeah. um and i said i'm interested in understanding more about this property than can you send me the brochure six out of 40 wow yeah uh, one of well. the ones that didn't reply is companies to work for And I'm like, oh, six. i'm like oh i don't know
1: th- out of 40 i
0: don't i don't know the lady in question but yeah the company used to work for six out of 40 bad hey so wow. to everyone who's listening to this, this is called the World Class Agency Podcast. It's not called the Rag on Estate Agents Podcast, but there is a massive disconnect between expectation and delivery across the world. You know, if it's 50% versus 15% of what I've experienced. Now, maybe it's the time of year and they're all off, but surely there's a personal assistant or there's some form of technology, Mike nittleton I'm talking to you when you're listening to this, where they can handle portal leads. Because that's just not good enough. You know, if I actually wanted to buy something and they don't know that I didn't, or if I had something to sell, and admittedly, I didn't tick the box, I have something to sell. Because I wanted to see what, you know, if you tick that, I bet you get a response. I'm sure of it because... Test it. Greed would drive the work then. But six out of 40 was, was pretty atrocious. Um, and the responses that you got back were, we'll see at the open home. Um, some of them. So I think there was there's probably two or three. I was like, and they're all women, I think. And I was like, Yeah, that's good response. That's a really good email for somebody who doesn't have my phone number or anything like that. Where they asked me questions, they directed me to like fill in my form here if I wanted to help and they could match me to their homes and stuff. So there were some really key lessons. But again, I, I think this admittedly limited experience has taught me that it isn't just. There aren't just average agents you know, in the UK. There are average agents everywhere. And for the, the like the people who are listening to this show, there's a very, very high chance you're not one of them. And so it's what, the 11th of January 2022. It's as new as the new year can be. If that doesn't scream opportunity to you to actually go out and make the most of what's going to be a much better market for the better agents this year because it's not going to be as easy, then I don't know what else will. You know, I messaged my old boss and I was like, mate, here are the people you need to go and attack because they're not very good. Uh, and literally his response was, yeah, we know the shit. So,
1: really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's almost even worse, isn't it?
0: Well, I mean, I think actually it's just, it just shows that that's the target for them. You know, they would almost be like, if you think my fee's too high, go and talk to X and ask them what they do or whatever. I don't know. Again, I, I'm sure fee is a massive issue here as well. I'm going to try and sit down over the next few weeks while I'm still out here with a few agents and try and get some on the pod as well. Yeah. Um good, yeah. Just so we can hear it from the horse's mouth um and understand what they've been through. Because there's stories of the market going up 35% in the last 12 months. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say what's I've, the a market. of mine listed a really nice... Yeah, same, same over there, but maybe even worse. Um Because... It just seems to have gone absolutely ballistic. Um, I was I was talking to one of my team members before here, friends of mine, bought a house in May 2020, uh, put a pool in, cost them 50 grand. So they bought it for 770 grand, call it 30 grand stamp duty to make it easy numbers, spent 50 grand putting a pool in, have just sold it for
1: 1.2. Oh, lovely.
0: Yeah, you know uh it's the stuff dreams are made of there's reports in the papers here that people are five and six years ahead in their mortgage because of how much equity they've built over the last 12 months it's not sustainable uh, i don't think prices will fall away i just think the activity will stop because it will just become too unaffordable um mm-hmm. especially if interest rates were to rise but the market is, is bonkers so i think if anything it's worse when i say worse i mean like stronger faster higher worse for the buyers scarier for the buyers again you've got to really with, you've got to manage expectations um again what have i learned over this you know six out of 40 exercise real estate is a game of expectation management that's really what it is you've got to manage everyone's expectations around process around price around communication around time frames if you're really good at that chances are you've got a really good business if you're not you're just gonna fight fires all day and everyone's just gonna assume you don't care about them.
1: If you have if you have an automated response there, and that automated response says something along the lines of if you've not left us a phone number, please reply with your phone number. we'd like to switch on the phone. Or this is you know, as you if you set out your the process that you work through when you receive a lead from realestate.com.au, then that changes that whole piece of that that's not six people responding that's 40 responses and then you maybe you look at a level deeper you know how many of those actually did what they said they would in in the automated response but you're absolutely right you've got to set expectations on communication and if you're really busy and those service levels aren't what you want them to be at least communicate that but don't not communicate it and then just not reply that's just awful and that, like you say it doesn't matter whether you're in Australia, in the UK and out of Mongolia, that is still terrible customer service. But I think as an English estate agent, you probably take a little bit of hope almost from that to know that actually the, there are terrible agents all over the world. And what I'd be interested in, in talking about today is um, sort of where we think the market's going this year and also look at some of the traits that you think that world-class agents will be showing through this year i wanted to Mm. ask actually um when we start, you've seen loads of stuff on the facebook groups about planning and and all of that and if you've got if we've got people listening to this show today and they've not done any planning for this year do you think it's too
0: late no of course not it's only too late if you don't do it yeah absolutely I, i completely agree and and the difference is here if you plan something today or for this week just do it next week you're not doing it next month or next year you're just taking action immediately um it's a bit like somebody who says they want to get fit but they you know oh, it's it's I, i've got a half marathon or something in six months time and i had a six month training plan i didn't do it i only got four months so i may as well not just go for a run yeah again i i think it really really simple numbers um and you can use money to work this out so if you know your average fee and you know how much money you want to make gross every year divide that number by your average fee that tells you how many listings you need how many sales you need right let's talk about where the market's going however many sales you need times that by another 30 percent, because you'll probably only get a result on two out of three even in the market that we will just be in and not everything has been moving I'd, I'd, you know you might go and look at your numbers of last year you wouldn't have sold everything that you listed it would have been close knowing you but look at 30% more. So I need this many sales, which means I need this many listings. Okay, mm. out of those listings, what's my conversion rate? And I, I was speaking to a company last night who, and we, we were looking at their metrics. Um, admittedly, they were kind of numbers I didn't really understand, but the headline number was their conversion rate in the eight months they used us went from 42 to 50%. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and I said, what else have you done? because I don't want to, that, that, that clearly is not just us because it's too big of a jump, but what else have be done? And they admittedly like hired more people, more experienced people paid higher salaries as well. You know, so they got good people in the business, which would have helped, but we're sitting there and they're like, okay, how can we do this? This is a cool idea that we want to put in place. Can you get this to work like as an app that we can give to people? And I'm like, that's a really useful idea. Can we white label it? Because it's really cool. if It comes from us. So if you know, that that financial number. And the reason why I would suggest people, if you've not done any planning or even if you have to based on numbers is money is a really good motivator. You know, we're all motivated by doing good work. Uh we want a really healthy lifestyle, but we want to make some cash as well. And we shouldn't shy away from that. So if you can hear Charlotte chucking absolute tantrum in the background. Like <laughs> my, no, my we friends. can't she's like oh it's too nice of a sunset what's going on oh it's 27 degrees and it's beautiful and i'm being fed a really nice dinner Wah. yeah mate i'm gonna mute you, yeah. if, you
1: don't, if you don't stop with this rubbish
0: yeah cool i'll mute myself <laughs> um yeah don't don't be don't shy away from wanting to earn some money because that is the byproduct of everything that we've just spoken about for the last 15 minutes of delivering a really good service of setting those expectations your hands up
1: it's funny, it's funny you say that actually, um with, with numbers. So I mentioned to you as the start of the call, we're going into a meeting today where we're sharing our vision for the year with the whole team. Um mm. and we have you know all of the, the work that we're going to do. The breakdown then comes down to numbers at the bottom, but um with each individual team member, we've talked about those those exact numbers. We've used it for years and years. It's dead simple, it's an inverted pyramid, and it starts with um Sales advice meetings at the start, listings, sales, completions, cash, mm. bas- basically. And you're absolutely right. That's what makes the world go around. So even if you plan, you can sit down and do it now as you're listening to the podcast. The you know, even if your plan just is a figure and then you work it back from that based on your conversion rate, that's a better plan than having no plan at all. And the reason I asked you the question about, is it too late to plan? Because it's not. It's never, it's never too late. And if you do it now, well, I'm thinking, some people might be listening, thinking, oh, I've not done any work. Put yourself an hour, even if it's only an hour in the diary, get get out of your normal environment and get planning. And I think that's a really good place to start. How much do you want to earn? How many sales do you need to make that happen? How many listings do you need to make that happen? And how many you know, vowels do you how, need to
0: exactly? Make that happen? And go in even one how many forever. How many sales advice meetings? Let's ban the word valuation from our lexicon on this podcast this year
1: we've we've we've, ban- we've banned it in our office but i thought i would uh, it would use the term that everyone um will will know but um we've gone one level further than that because actually it's all well and good having those numbers but actually what creates numbers and it's the prospecting behind that so making sure yeah. that the prospecting gets in the diary gets scheduled and gets done because without that you then you don't you don't get the money it's got to all start right right back there but actually it's a simple game estate agency it,
0: it is and actually if if we can go one level further than that so prospecting is is I believe it's activity that you can control, but it's also direct activity. So whether you're sending a letter and calling that prospecting, fine, but if you're picking up a telephone, that's, as far as I'm concerned, the best prospecting. And the beautiful thing is here, you've got a great thing to say to everybody. Happy New Year. Here's the last sale on your street. Happy New Year. This is how many sales happen in in the immediate one mile radius around you just like yours. And you give them literally a list as long as your arms. There's 1.5 million transactions in the UK last year. You're going to have something to talk about. Yeah. There is no excuse not to be the conduit of information deliver those messages to people. And then you say, what are you doing this year? And some people are like, what do you mean? That's a pretty big existential question. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, you're living in a dream home. I know uh, right now, Stephen Brown's on a Troy Malcolm Masterclass delivering another absolute like bonza, as they would say uh, here, session. Uh, but they're the sort of questions you've got to be asking people consistently. But on top of that, or maybe even underneath that, It's what is that autonomous marketing activity you're running? Are you doing Facebook ads? You know, Um, are you employing somebody to make sure that is consistent? Because it's that top pond stuff that you can deliver week in, week out that's going to be getting. I've seen loads of stuff over Christmas about people almost surprised at the activity they're getting just off the back of being active in Facebook groups. You know, so have yourself a little, know your numbers, understand where you want to be, and then look at a prospecting marketing plan. Marketing is the stuff where you're talking to people. Prospecting is talking to a person or a property. One-to-one prospecting, one-to-many marketing. You need to have a plan for both. You need to be incredibly consistent with both. And actually, you asked me the question before. This is a really tidy segue. Uh, And I'm really pleased with how this podcast is going for the fact that we've got no notes and we're just riffing and we're seeing where we end up. Maybe we should do this more often. You asked me before, where's the market going this year? And I genuinely think uh, the answer, and if you're an agent and you get asked at a dinner party or someone calls your office or they anyone walking down the street, they pop in, they say to you, what's the market doing? Your answer should be the market's really consistent. We are still seeing huge demand on well-priced properties, but there is a process to make sure that you get everybody involved making the best office at the right time. It's not as simple as putting it on and selling it tomorrow. Anyone who's selling their property in 24 hours, we're actually finding that they're underselling. If we can have that conversation even 10 times a week, that's five listings a week, that's 20 a month. You know, you're going to be doing some really significant numbers all day, every day, all year, every year, maybe not every year, but definitely this year. Um, Because the, the best agents, literally, you listening to this show now, your market will be consistent, you know, it'll have its ups and downs, but you'll follow your same process. So you will get really consistent results. There's absolutely no doubt of that.
1: And that's a conversation that also takes fee off the table, doesn't it? Because there'll be loads of estate agents say, oh, we can get this on the market. We'll get it sold within within 24 hours, all that, you know, super confident agent bullshit, basically. But I completely agree with you that actually in this market, that's not going to be the process that leads to the client getting the most money in their back pocket at the end of the uh, transaction. I think that's so important.
0: Without a doubt. And actually let's talk about fee for a second Um, because this will be the year I think of a performance-based fee becoming more widespread, at least least widespread by there'll be one agent in every market that's doing it. And you'll sit down and you'll come up against Barry down the road who'll be doing it for 0.8%. And you can say, okay, Well, let's tier it or let's have a performance base. Or you could say to them, what do they say? Well, we're going to get 340. Okay. If we get 340 for your home following our process, not putting it on right move and selling it tomorrow, we'll match that fee. But anything over we get for 340, we want 50% off. Because you said you'd be ecstatic with 340. Now you might say 20% until you get confident enough to have that conversation. But suddenly that 0.8%, if you get them 370 becomes 0.8% plus 10 grand, and they're still 10 grand better off than they would have been in the past. You know what and twenty thousand pounds of that is not that's not a massive difference if you've got four or five people who are interested because you've taken the time to run a proper campaign. So that you know, that's where the money's gonna be made. It's not always gonna happen, but it's like uh, law of diminishing returns. If it happens ten or fifteen times a year, you've got another hundred fifty grand in your pocket.
1: Yeah, I was, I was kicking myself actually because I sold something over asking price the other day and I didn't put a performance fee in there. So this is really quite timely for me. For me. Um, and I just wonder what level of, so I was thinking about it as I was driving back from the viewing where I thought knew we were going to get over asking price. I was thinking, right. So we, we need to start building in these performance reviews. One of my regular developer clients, actually we work on a performance review basis whereby my fee goes up percentage wise if we hit um certain figures and he's been so happy with our level of work that actually he knows what our our standard fee is and he's now put well above our standard fee if we hit a price that he thinks is um, ambitious but i quite like working like that and i said to him you know i'm more than happy to work on a performance basis because i believe in my ability to get a high price for the property i believe the properties you know are reasonably priced anyway and actually you know it, it makes you it just means that you care more. But if we're talking about a performance fee as a percentage of something over asking price, what do you think is an acceptable percentage? Because I would think fifty percent is probably a little bit high.
0: Wouldn't go lower than twenty.
1: Really? Again, if-, if,
0: if you're gonna go at a yeah, if you're gonna go at a performance fee and you're gonna match somebody at one percent or even lower, then it really oh, has what to what be worthwhile. So you match matching on
1: fee. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I'm with you.
0: So that, again, I wouldn't advise matching in the first instance. I'd be saying, you know, where whatever your fee is, plus performance fee, if we get past your dream price, because we're going to follow this process that's done it for so many people over the last 18 months. However, if you're going to lose, never, ever, ever, ever lose the business on fee, ever. So it'd be 20%. But again, if you have to go to 0.8% to win that business and you're confident of still getting over that, make it 35% or 50% or whatever it's going to be. Because if, again, I'll use 340 grand as an example, if that is their their dream price, they're probably thinking we'll get 325. If you can put 15 grand more in their pocket plus another 10 or 15, you deserve to get paid. You have done a better job than the guy who was going to do it 0.8%. They would have been happy to sell for 325. So, so start at 20, I wouldn't go lower than that. Again, that's just my, I guess, experience talking and maybe a bit of confidence. Um, however... If you've got to match those fees, I'd be thinking about a big enough number. They can only say no, and then you can come back to it. Again, if you're good at what you do and you follow a process and you are going to deliver, you're going to manage and set expectations better on both sides of that transaction, buyer and seller, and you're going to deliver a better result, get paid for it, 100% get paid for it, particularly if stock's tight, you've got to get paid.
1: And I think if you if you break it down, you know, agent sale would like to be motivated on a percentage because but actually, you know, 1% of 10 grand is sweet FA isn't it basically but actually if you say right this is the price. You know, we're confident that if we run a good process we can achieve more than more than that for you by we go through this process we do this we do this, and that's that's the campaign and these are results that we've had previously mm. if you then say we'll match that fee or you might not say we'll match that fee but you're saying if if we do achieve over it we want rewarding for it and you know, we want x then actually you're putting your money where your mouth is as well. It shows unbelievable confidence in your ability to um, surpass their expectations, I
0: think. The name of the game, particularly as stock is so tight, is to win the business. Mm. Not quite at all costs. At all costs would be matching their fee and walking away and being like, I've just listed this for 0.8% and I'll sell it to yes. 340, no worries at all. But walk away with that business, making sure that if you do the job that you've promised them that you're going to do, and again, you can't be a bullshit artist. You know, mm-hmm. If you're promising a performance fee and you're going to match that fee and you don't deliver, you're not going to get paid. <laughs> so you've got to like, back up your talk. Um, but yeah, you, that, that, that's what this market is all about. If there is going to be still a limited supply of stock or if more stock is going to come to the market, but actually affordability starts to become a big issue and people just can't afford to move, particularly 1st home buyers, you've got to make sure that if you get somebody, you're getting paid for it. Mm. So I'd be really considering, like I would sit down with everyone in your office and I would role play how you're going to deliver that. What questions are they going to ask you back? Why would we pay for that? How are you going to answer that? And maybe that's an entire podcast on performance fee. If you're listening to this and you want to do a podcast on performance fee, let me know and we'll find somebody who can talk about it better yeah. than Mark and I can anyway.
1: it's not something that we've necessarily done i know there was an agent that went to prison for fraud on it i don't know i don't know exactly what that that entailed i don't know if you know anything more about that but i'm probably gonna before we do a a podcast on it probably have a look into that to see exactly what they did because i think you do have to make sure that you're super clear on it i think maybe that's what they were doing they weren't super clear on exactly what they were doing maybe they weren't telling their client that they achieve more and 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 something Mm. like that. But I think you've got to be super clear. And you also have to ask great questions of the client to find out what their dream price is. And if you go and surpass that, so it, it, you know, it it all comes back to understanding your client and Mm -hmm. their expectations and then having the ability and the confidence to go out and um, surpass those expectations in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I don't know anything about it. Anyone going to jail for it uh, or anything like that? But there are a few people that I know that have been doing this for a long time. That uh, I'll I'll try and get on. Maybe we, we look at doing that over the next couple of weeks. When I'm still out here as well because I think it would be really useful, particularly as we get into this. You know, it's going to be a really another really good year, but it will present new challenges. You know, interest rates will rise again. Uh, there will be more stock out there, which means buyers may perceive that they don't have to offer quite what they did. Which again comes back to Marketing process, expectation setting and management, pricing, etc. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but I, we said this at the start of twenty twenty, and then things got a bit weird. But I, I think that for the best parts of the industry uh, in all in all sectors, whether you're an agent, a mortgage broker, surveyor, you know, supplier, this is kind of the year that you've been waiting for. It's not going to be as manic, but it's still going to be really strong, and the best mm-hmm. ones are going to separate themselves from everybody else. Uh, and ideally, when we're having this conversation on the eleventh of January, twenty twenty-three, there'll be a lot more better agents because there won't be ones around because they just won't—they they will not have earned, you know. Yeah,
1: I I absolutely agree, and and every probably everyone listening to this. Podcast hopefully is in that, that book that they they're wanting this market to present some further challenges. So actually, because the challenges enable us to show how we're different, why we're different, and how we how we perform better than the others. So you know, I'm I'm excited by those challenges, not certainly not daunted by them in, in my opinion. Bring it on for um 20 let's have a look at some challenges and let's see some of those agents who've maybe just listed and sold you know that's not going to be a tactic that's going to be acceptable what i want to pick up on there is something that you said about um managing expectations on price so i know from speaking to some agents this year that some will have experienced the same thing that that i experienced and i think it's something that we need to be aware of so um the property I talked about where we achieved over asking price, I was thinking they should have had a performance um, based fee. It went to best final offers. We had three parties interested, two of which offered under the asking price. It was a house that needed some work, but it was priced mm. price right in, in the market. And But it was something that I hadn't experienced last year. And I'm not saying, you know, six days into the year um, it had all changed. But what I thought actually is that there's probably a little bit of a disconnect between the buyer's expectations and my expectations. And I wonder if that's something that's going to happen more often this year. So you go to best and final offers, you expect it to go for asking price and above. Um, and yet we get two asking uh, two offers under the asking price, both at the same price, incidentally, but two offers under the asking price. And I'm thinking, well, actually, maybe that was on me for not explaining how best and final offers normally go and actually not making it crystal clear to the client, because Maybe we haven't had to, you know, September through December last year. And actually, it's good that it happened to me on the 6th of January because I won't make that mistake again. And I'll make sure that actually our expectations are, and the client's expectations are completely communicated to those potential buyers. Because I think, you know, just stick it on and um, put it to Best of Final office and expect it just to, just, just to go and do its thing, as we talked about last year. I don't think that's necessarily going to be same this year so actually we have to double down and we have to make sure that we are having those conversations and making sure that our communication with clients really sets out the expectations of that process
0: if i was you i'd write it down i'd write down what a perfect best and finals explanation looks like i'd put it on moving works letterhead i'd send it to everybody as a pdf the moment that they get into uh that process so you can explain it to them and you say after as soon as we're done with this conversation i'm going to send you everything we've just spoken about in a PDF, so you can read it at your own time, because then there's no excuse. And then if they miss out, they won't say, But we would love them more. Well, I literally explained to you as, as clearly as I could, and I sent you everything we spoke about then and there just so that this wouldn't happen. I'm really sorry you've missed out. Next time, whether it's with me or with somebody else, use that document again. Make sure you have those conversations about what your oh shit price is and what your Hawaii price is and what fair market value looks like to you, because in a best and final situation, it has to be that number that you're prepared to lose it for if it was a pound more. If we and didn't quite get there, this time it's probably not the home for you. There will be others. I'll do what I can for you. Let's see what you're looking for and see if I can't find you something else, et cetera. Turn that into an opportunity, but make sure you write it down and send it to them because then you're covering a wee basis.
1: And then I think you can also attach to that your market comparable work that you've done beforehand. They, they, they do that a lot in Australia, don't they? They have a pack that they send out. All right, I'm thinking.
0: It's an auction pack. So uh, where I'm from in Queensland, you can't actually legally, you cannot give a price guide to an auction in Sydney and Melbourne, literally everywhere else you can say it's going to go from 1.2 to 1.4. Again, it's still ends up selling for 1.5 and everyone complains about underquoting, which is why they got rid of it in Queensland. So you can literally just give them the terms of the auction and uh, up to well, as many as you want, but it has to be at least three relevant sales from the last six months that are like that home. And you can say, here are the ones that have sold recently. You can do this to deem where you might feel comfortable, but be there on the auction day because it has to be sold.
1: Yeah, I think, I think actually that's a really good... Good point. Then you, you write down your best and final office. and I've just I've written down that on my pad as one of my jobs. Maybe not for today, but maybe over the next few days, because actually that's a real learning that I can take from the first eleven days of this year. Implement it so that we don't end up in that situation again. Because I think you're right. Yeah. I think you know maybe affordability is being stretched. Maybe um, things are changing. We've got to adapt to the market, but I think it does bring, as you said, massive opportunities this year and i'm really looking forward to it we've got exciting plans um for the for the podcast we've got exciting guests booked in over the next next few weeks and and you're going to be zooming in live from australia for the next few weeks i think aren't you
0: the next few weeks yeah we're out here uh actually till march uh, we're just making the most of it. It's going to be quite exciting. Uh, nice. So yeah, uh, it's it's it was a long time between drinks. So we decided that the way the world is at the moment, I can do this from here. It's no different to talking to you from my house or from the office back in Putney. So uh, it's just very hot, and I'm covered in mosquitoes and moss. <laughs> so
1: awesome! But I mean, what a world we live in that you can go and uh, go and do oh, that. Man, I, think, I think that's it, awesome.
0: It is magnificent again i'm like this has not been a uh, truly i don't think enjoyable year or couple of years for anybody uh, given what we've all sort of been through and i actually think um it has affected certainly affected me and i only really realized this when i stopped but it's affected me more than i perhaps thought and i think that, that goes for a lot of people out there and i i've resolved myself to be really more protective with my time and my activity and really focus on i was always one of those people that If anyone sent me an email or gave me a call, I'd say, yeah, I could do that for you. And I'd find the time to do it, but I would find that time from other commitments or other priorities. And usually that would be friends and family. And having gone so long without seeing them, I'm not prepared to do that anymore. So I'm going to work a little bit smarter, still work my absolute ring off, uh, but make sure that I'm doing a little bit more on my terms. Uh, And that's the fact that we can do this and I can see my team and talk to my team and support them however I possibly can. I can speak to customers and, and I can still see my friends in the UK for the next few months as well. It's magnificent. So that's the one good thing to come out of this whole situation, we're all very comfortable doing this.
1: Absolutely. Well, two things to add to that, you've got to say no to the unimportant things so you can say yes to the important things. And. The races won in the pit stops, and I had a similar sort of thing over over Christmas. We had COVID just before, so actually you've got to take a step back, and sometimes you don't realise the stress or the pressure that you're under when you're in it. But actually, when you stop and look back and reflect, you think, Ah, actually, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't exactly as as it as it went in my head, but. Um, I think we've, we've, we've probably talk, talked enough. Um, I'm really excited about what the next few months and this year has to offer. I hope our listeners are, are too and there's been some value that we've, we've delivered there today. I'm Mark Warrell. Oh, no, I can't finish yet. I've not done my little, you know, well, okay. I'll keep it short. Like, share, review us. I'm Mark Warrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you again next week.